0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Media Munchers. I'm Mathian. And I'm Adrian. And today we got a, got a little quiz to start out with. Uh, I, I got from WhatCulture.com the ultimate fast and furious quiz. You ready for this Big Apple? <laughs> oh, I'm ready. <laughs> um, as most people know, this franchise has gone back since like, what, 2001? I think was when the first one came out. Yeah, yeah, somewhere. And somewhere around that time. And it's got billions of dollars in box office revenue. And I mean, it's kept a Chris relevant. So. You know, it's, it's a good franchise. Um, so without, without further ado, let's hop right into this. Big Apple, riddle me this. What were the families stealing in the first movie? Was it TV and video equipment, drugs, jewelry, or game consoles?
1: Uh, wasn't it game consoles?
0: Well, let's let's see. I, I, I honestly don't even know what the hell they were stealing. Uh, stealing oil. <laughs> were, were they? At one point. Um... Uh, you know what? It doesn't even tell you to the end. All right. I guess we're just gonna power through them and see what we did. Uh, in Fast Five, how much money do the family plot to steal from the Reyeses? Uh, I remember it being, you know, a lot. So they have 10, 50, hundred, or two hundred million. Um, two hundred million? Yeah. Like, wasn't there? Is this the one where they like uh they took a bank vault in Brazil and like drove it through the street? Yeah, yeah, that's
1: right.
0: I mean, a bank holds a lot of money. Like a vault. It was a pretty big vault. I uh, two hundred mil. All right, let's see, how, let's see how we do later. <laughs> um, which of these musicians hasn't made a cameo in the series? Sis Kuo? I don't know how to say that. Rita Ora, Ja Rule, or Iggy Azalea? Has Iggy Azalea been in any of the Fast and Furious movies?
1: Yeah, yeah, actually, I think she was in the last one, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Sheesh. Okay, has Ja Rule been in any of the Fast and Furious movies?
2: Uh,
0: to be honest, I don't know what he looks like. <laughs> Hold on, let me ask you. Yeah, I can not tell you. Show me a picture of Jaw Rule.
2: <laughs> Has this guy made an
0: appearance in any of the Fast and Furious movies? No, not that I remember. You know, I'm gonna go with Jaw Rule. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. How did Dom's mom? Whoa! How did Dom and Mia's dad die? Was it a police raid? An overdose, a botched heist, 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 heist or, or. I get cop vibes from the dad.
1: Why? So the, the original stories were about racing. So I, 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 think I, do, maybe, I do remember that. Racing accident.
0: Okay, we'll go with the racing accident. Your, your guess is probably more. All right, let's go with that. I just feel like, hmm. It's so long ago. We need to do like a marathon at some point. Yeah. Which, uh, okay, here we go. Which iconic location is the car driven through in Fast and Furious 7? Mount Rushmore, the Chrysler Building, the Kremlin, or the Etihad Towers? Pretty sure 7 is the one in Dubai, right? Yeah. Or at least they make an appearance there. So I'm going to go with the Arabic-sounding towers. The Etihad Towers. Yeah. Number six. At the end of Fast and Furious, how many years in prison is Dom sentenced to? 10, 25, 30, or 50? What a specific question. (laughs) Right? Uh, I'm going to go with, like, what, 25 to life is pretty common, right? That was a sentence? Uh, yeah. I'm going to go with, I don't know, twenty.
1: It would be that corny, wouldn't
0: it? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a pretty corny series. Uh, all right, well, Big A. What is the name of Deckard Shaw's sister? Is it Lottie, Hattie, Dottie, or Jane? <laughs> What's up with the Addies, Audies? I feel like it's one I of feel those. like
1: I've heard them say Dottie.
0: Yeah, I think it's... I'm leaning towards Dottie. Let's, let's see what they tell us after. <laughs> In Tokyo Drift, where does Sean live before being sent to Tokyo? Mississippi? I bet it's Mississippi. California, Arizona, or New York? I'm, it's either... I feel like he's a southern boy. Look look, look, look look! at this photo. Look at this guy. Yeah. He's a southern boy. Yeah, he, he's pretty southern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, re- I remember him being... Didn't he have a drawl? Yeah, he had like a little draw. Like, a fish out of water. Okay, so Mississippi. I, he's, he doesn't look like an Arizona to me. Uh, Let's see what else we got here. Which organization did Agent Hobbs work for? Department of Homeland Security, Interpol, Department of Defense, or Diplomatic Security Service?
1: Um. I feel
0: like, do they use real services names in these franchises? I feel like they don't.
1: I feel like at at the
0: time, they might have. Maybe. Because it was was early on.
1: Yeah, it wasn't far into the camp
0: yet. I'm going to... Okay, Department of Homeland Security, Interpol, Department of Defense. I think DOD, Department of Defense. I would think. That sounds
1: kind of right. I don't know what they do, but...
0: They they, they are the department that defends us.
1: (laughs) Sure. (laughs) That's what they're supposed to do. Uh,
0: (laughs) What did Brian and Mia name their son? Uh, was it Paul? Jack. Okay, Jack. Know. There you go. No, no, I like that I confidence. It. I like that confidence. We're going to go with Jack. All right. How many Fast and Furious movies does Vin Diesel not appear in? One, two, three, or four? Is it not? Nah, uh, it... I think it's just Tokyo Drift. Yeah, I was going to say, unless, if you count Tokyo Drift, then just one, no? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Well, what if they counted Hobbs and Shaw? That's right. I'm gonna hit the back button, big A. I can't get that wrong. When was this quiz
1: made?
0: Ooh, it was made it was made before the ninth uh, before the ninth one came out. Because they, they preface it by saying okay. uh you know, get your fast and furious universe in. So it was made before it was everything leading up to eight. Did Fast Eight come out after? Before or after Hobbs and Shaw. It came out before Hobbs and Shaw, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it
1: was it was eight, then Shaw. No.
0: I'm still gonna go with two. I'm feeling it. All right. What is Dom's favorite beer? Ready? On three. One, two, three. Corona. <laughs> <laughs> Product placement. It works, though. Yep. It certainly works. <laughs> In Fast Five, how many hours does Hob give the family to escape? He's a corny guy, so what, 24? It's 18, 24, 48, or more. Yeah. It's either 24 or 48. Probably one probably day. Probably a day? Such a corny guy. <laughs> Have you seen Super Fast, that parody? Um No. Dude, it's hilarious. <laughs> you should definitely check that one out. Good.
1: All right, uh, next question is, uh, what is Brian's undercover alias? Brian's undercover alias. So it's uh, three three
0: names. You can see it. Um,
1: Brian Lee, Lee? Brian Lee? Lee Allen? Lee Allen. Brian Lee Allen? Is that what Brian Lee Allen. Brian Vincent Jones, Brian Mark Sinclair, or Brian Earl Spencer? I feel like it... Kind of flows the Brian Mark
0: Sinclair. Yeah, I was going to say Sinclair, immediately I was drawn to. Yeah, do Sinclair. (laughs) Let's see what that's about. (laughs) Do it, okay. do it. Oh, I I didn't answer the same as you, so I don't know. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It it doesn't matter. (laughs) It's not that deep. (laughs) All
1: right, uh, 15. What is the name of the central hacking device in Fury 7?
0: Central hacking device in Fury 7?
1: That, that's
0: like the MacGuffin, right? Yeah, I, I oh okay, the one that's supposed to oh, this is seven, not
1: eight. No
0: wait, what were they doing in seven? Uh b- before um, they're doing one last ride. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, no, they were doing uh I know that all I know is that's the one that Walker's character was he I mean he died, so they wrote him off, right? Oh they were, they
1: were after
0: that one that one girl, right? The, is this the introduction of Charlize they're on? Okay. No, no no that was eight. That's eight, okay. Then they were after that dude's brother. Was it Statham and Seven they were after? Or was that Six he came in?
1: I think that was Six. Six he came in. No, no. Um, He was uh, was after what they were after.
0: Oh, they both had mutual goals? Okay. So then they were after some sort of MacGuffin. Is is Seven the one with the submarine? (laughs) It is, right? No, no, that's eight. I can't. I can't keep up with this stuff. Uh, seven is the one
1: where Paul Walker runs on the bus and it's falling off the cliff.
0: Oh, yeah. Damn. So what were they after? And then there was like that. Well, here. I'll, I'll... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would help. <laughs> that would help.
1: Because I just looked at you. Um, The Apple of Eden. Oh. Pandora's Box. The Singularity or God's Eye. They made this really easy. I, I didn't realize It's the it. God's
0: <laughs> We're all wrecking our brains. <laughs> okay, I'm going with Sinclair. My computer finally caught up. Sinclair. And then, yeah, God's Eye. Yeah, it's definitely God's Eye. Oh, because I can tell from this photo. I remember that little shot they did in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, we got to do it. Do it.
1: <laughs> That's <right. laughs> Um, What car is Han driving when he dies in Tokyo Drift?
0: Sheesh. I feel like... Remember, what, what color was it? The color of his car? They don't, they don't remember... They don't tell us
1: the color, but I feel like the color would help us remember.
0: I don't want to cheat and like look it up. I definitely feel like it was either a Mazda or a Supra. I, you want to flip a coin, <laughs> or what do you go with? What, what are you leaning towards? Maybe a Supra. Okay, let's go with the Supra. I'm with you. Let's do it.
2: I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not
0: sure either. I feel like I feel like it was perhaps Japanese in nature, but I don't know if that's not cool to assume. Uh, in the first film, but, well, they were all
1: driving, driving Japanese
0: cars in the movie. Well, the, the Dodge Charger was one. It was an option on there. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. So that's why I didn't go with that. It was in
1: Tokyo. Uh, that's true.
0: Okay. In the first film, what sandwich does Brian always order from the Toretto Cafe? Wow. I'm going to go with, what do you think? Oh, it's uh, the tuna on white. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's supposed to be a bad sandwich or something. For sure. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Duh. Not the uh, meatball sub. Anyway.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the mother of Dom's son. Which son? The baby, the one, the baby on the plane, from Fast Eight. Yes, yeah, yeah. It was. J- so did he have another son? Yes, he had the uh, the little baby with the, the blonde Russian girl, right? He, I think he only had one kid, right? Dom Dom Toretto, like Vin Oh, she was Russian. Why well, That's I. She was um. Maybe she's not Russian. No, she was American. She, she was American.
1: Brazilian.
0: Oh, she was Brazilian. All I know is that she was blonde. She had a pale complexion. And she was short. That's all I remember. Yeah,
1: yeah, she was pretty short.
0: So what, G- what Giselle or Elena. No, 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 Elena? Elena? Yeah,
1: Elena. Elena, right?
0: Yeah, that, that was. Yeah. I think it was Elena. Cause like this came out of nowhere. Like it was like, oh yeah, he's a kid. And I was like, what? Yeah. Or maybe maybe I just didn't remember them talking about it, but it just it was like a twist.
1: Which part of Agent St-
0: Stacy? Hmm. hmm? Stacey. Maybe it's that. Is it that dude? When- the Eagle, the Living Planet looking guy. Oh, is um, that him?
1: No, 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 he's um Mr. Oh, okay,
0: that's right. You're right. You're right. He's...
1: Uh, who is Stacy? Body has Brian broken twice. Oh, um, the dude that he he's punched uh to get into jail and and prior to um what is it in four, he punched the dude uh when he was uh running after someone. I, w-
0: I would assume the nose then, if you broke it twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just that seems like an easy thing to bust twice. I don't even remember Agent Stasek. That's sad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he only he only
1: like popped up. I think maybe. All right. He was in four, and he was in. uh,
0: Five. I really need to rewatch these. I only remember like the big action events and like a couple of small details. Yeah, like Like anything before before five? five. it's it's been a minute (laughs) okay okay i got you because you're gonna you're good at the specifics so number 20 what was the number of dom and mia's house 982 1327
1: 1573 or 2120
0: i I feel like it was a short number okay all right humble three digits 982 all right yeah 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 we'll go with that (laughs) we'll go with that big a Oh my god. I scored fifty percent. <laughs> what did you get? M yeah, <laughs> only the most hardcore Fast and Furious fans will get anywhere near a hundred percent on this impossible quiz. Well, they didn't advertise it as impossible, but uh I- oh, okay, they'll tell you what the right ones were. All right, ready number one, speed run. What were the family stealing? Uh it was actually TV and video equipment. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, in the Fast Five, how much uh, money does they plot to steal from Reyes? Two hundred K. So I was right on that one. I don't know why it said. It. Oh no, I wasn't. It was hundred million. Shit. All right. Which of these musicians hasn't made a cameo? Cisco. Yeah, I don't even know who that is. All right. How did Mom and Dom? How did Dom and Mia's dad die? A racing accident. Yeah, good call on that one. Nice. All right, and then which iconic location? Yeah, we knew the Etihad Towers. All right. How many years is? Hey, twenty five. Twenty-five years. what What is the name of deckard shaw's sister hattie wow what a british name or whatever um Um, in tokyo drift where does sean live arizona i knew it was either mississippi or arizona all right which organization did Hobbs work for the dld nope it was the diplomatic security service uh i knew it i was like watch it be some corny non-real service and sure enough the dss (laughs) they named their son jack good one you got that one right out of the bag how many does Vin not appear in? Two. I was right about that one. Oh, okay. So they, they did? They did count Hobbs and Shaw. Yep. Okay. So what is Dom's cert beer? Of course, Corona. How many hours does he give to escape? Good call. Just a day, 24 hours. Mm-hmm. What is this undercover alias? Brian Earl Spindler. Spildner? Spildner? yeah. Wow. Well, generic. Um, well, I guess that's <laughs> the point. What is the name of the central hacking by God's Eye? We knew that. What is he driving? The Mazda. Ugh. Okay. Close, close. And he was between those two. <laughs> and then in the first film, which sandwich does Brian order? Yep, tuna on white. Elena was the mother of Dom's son. Got that. Broke his nose. That was easy. And then thirteen twenty seven was the house number of Dom and Mia. Okay.
1: All right. I wonder if that has any significance, like
0: besides it just being. In- That's the number of movies they're gonna make. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, is there is it gonna come into play later? Honestly, I really feel like whoever made this quiz was just like, let's do something really obscure. And then they was like, what's the house number? <laughs> like I, but it would be interesting. I don't. How, how would that even play in? I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it's, like a, maybe it's like a code for like a briefcase bomb, but it's like a nuke yeah. <laughs> in, in fashion. Anyway, <laughs> that was our uh, ultimate Fast and Furious quiz. We'll be seeing Fast 8 whenever we get around to it. Or 9. We're on 9 now. Do you think they're going to go to space in 10? Or are they already, are they really, they already with a rocket in the trailer? Yeah. The car? They better go to space. <laughs> I better see them in space. I want to see, like, uh, who's in the car? Is it, is it Ludacris and... Uh, uh, Tiger Skipson. Tiger, Tiger Scoops Yeah. He's going to fly by the ISS and be like, oh, shit, astronauts. <laughs> I don't know. All right, all right. We'll take a brief break. and We'll be right back. Make sure to check out our friends over at the Actors Network podcast. Available everywhere. All right, and we're back, and we're gonna start our review on Superman Lois episode eight, holding the wrench. Um, so the episode opens with uh, Lois in some sort of therapy, I guess, with her psychiatrist, and it's pretty um it's it's pretty foreshadowing foreshadowing for the rest of the episode. She's talking about basically that she said something to someone who she cares about very much, and the show is very cryptic, and like we're not gonna tell you who it is yet, and uh, and basically that she feels like she could never uh, come back from this, like she really told someone off, and I was like i was wondering you know i was like okay so she obviously yelled at someone in the family but like for what you know i was like is her you know relationship with her husband destroyed or like what can you really tell your husband <laughs> you know what i mean i was like what are you gonna tell him? um but i was just curious and so like they dropped that on this and we get right into uh, the other scene which is um the man of steel meeting with irons in the darkly lit interrogation room and concluding that he's from a parallel earth you know he 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 talks about uh John Henry John Henry Iron's backstory and how he stole his identity or whatever, and um and then not too long after that we have a brief a brief flashback revealing how Irons traveled from one universe to ours using some sort of portal and like a fight with the uh, the evil Superman. So I was like, okay, all right. I wonder if that was um they didn't ever they never really explained how the worlds collide or what the state of the multiverse is because even though this is like a shared universe. Uh, superman and lois is keeping things pretty self-contained and i wonder that evil man's the evil superman calamity was happening if that was during the end of crisis on infinite earth uh, that cw event and then like his old universe got destroyed and he was like the only one to escape a dying universe so to speak and then he hopped into ours i just wonder that's just um, a passing thought i had but um but we cut away to to uh well what do we come back to we come back to the interrogation right and he pretty much comes clean about everything, you know, how Superman's evil and try to destroy the Earth. Or he did. He joined other Kryptonians and destroyed the Earth. And then he, all, he also fought alongside a parallel version of Sam Lane and how he was married to Lois Lane and all that. All this comes out just as Lois and John are searching through Iron's RV. And they're looking for any kind of clues as to who he's after. And then we learned that Lois is an authorized user because she probably sounds exactly the same as the other world's Lois. And oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't really get
1: that. I, 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 uh...
0: You didn't know why she was authorized?
1: yeah i was a little confused for a second i I
0: forgot yeah 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 so she looks and sounds exactly like the other universe's lois lane that makes sense okay right 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 so um yeah yeah yeah. so that explains that but it but it's important that she's authorized and she's in there exploring with jonathan because as we come to learn later in the episode like he's not authorized and he almost loses his life over that right yeah and so that leads into that whole thing which we'll get into but um you know, they're looking for clues as to who and what he's really after. And they quickly find that dashboard packed with files about his life. All that, all that good exposition they needed to know to catch, catch uh, them up with what the audience knows. And uh, this includes pictures of John and Lois' daughter, Natalie. And, you know, this affects Lois, obviously. And that's not revealed why until later in the episode. And then, um, you know, after making Jonathan swear not to continue to search the RV without her, he still heads back into the RV in typical teenage fashion and to help, you know, her cope with things, and then he learns while he's there, before he triggers the RV's defense, he learns about the fact that she is married or was married to this alternate universe. Are we calling him Irons now, or Luther? Why did they even start with that misdirect? I I mean, I'll call him Irons, but you know, or the stranger, whatever. You know, who is he really? Does he get to make his new identity here? Well,
1: well, he does does at the end call himself uh, John Henry Irons.
0: He does at the end, he takes it up, yeah. Is, that, is it because that's who he always was, or that's just who he's choosing to be from now on? Uh, well, I
1: guess, I guess he's just kind of like using it to use it.
0: Yeah, like fresh start kind of thing. Okay, so Irons. We'll call him Irons. Um, but yeah, he, he, he obviously was married to her, and he learns that, and he was like, whoa, this is crazy. And he, it's sweet. He's like, oh, you know, it would have been cool to meet you, sister, or whatever. And then uh, while he's there, he triggers that defense, locks down the vehicle, starts the countdown, and ooh, yeah. Lois rushes to the RV. And when she's uh, unable to get inside, she calls Superman in the middle of the interrogations and stuff. And, uh, you know, seconds later, he shows up, barely able to save him in time. And they have a big family fight. It's really just between Lois and John. uh, And man, she goes in on him. Like, I was like, wow, whoever writes this knows how families fight. Cause, I mean, she was biting into that boy's head. Cause obviously she doesn't have fear and love and stuff. And um, yeah, even with that ending, get out of my face, I was like, bruh and even even superman even like soups was like yo which you a little too a little too a uh, little too spicy with that <laughs> i'm gonna go i'm gonna go check up on him so i was like bruh but but it felt um it felt deserved like i mean not maybe not deserved but like i understood why it happened in the moment and it was just it was a great it was a great episode in the moment it was a highlight for me and uh so he he noticed that you know he suggests that you know maybe you should go talk to the old psych of yours and she's like all right whatever so she goes and um they the uh they casually drop in that um throughout the episode and in therapy that she had a miscarriage shortly after having the boys and that they were going to name her Natalie after her after her grand grandmother, right? After after yeah. After Sam's father, Sam Lane, right? Yeah. So um so that makes it all the more no- emotional for her and uh the parallels between the two Loises and all that. Um, so they talk about it, you know, some really emotional stuff, some very, very, really great acting from Elizabeth Tillich. I think that's how you say her last name, but, um, it was a solid episode for her. And then, uh, and elsewhere and more like the B story, it's a lot happier with, uh, (laughs) it's Sarah Cushing and she's deciding to audition for a high school musical uh, event. And, uh, you know, her dad promises to help her, doesn't end up going through with it because of his job opportunities and his prospects. And so, uh, which is kind of cute. Um, Jordan ends up end up ends up playing accompanying for her, like because he used to play piano back in the day. I was like, this is sweet. Like he's finally getting an episode where nothing goes horribly wrong for him. I'm glad he got a break. <laughs> um, but what are your thoughts on this stuff so far?
1: Yeah, um, I, I thought it was um nice seeing seeing that B plot. Um, mm-hmm.
0: and that, and that, and that uh... no, it's cool. It's, I going off of what you said, it's it's a palate cleanser because. Uh, Instead of Jordan whining like he does every episode about something, yeah. he's actually having like a, a decent go of things. And he's still kind of, uh, you know, he's still obviously lying to Sarah, but I mean, out of necessity or whatever. And uh, things, wait, did anything, I know there's a lot going on in the show and I appreciate how like focused they are on like the, the big overarching bad and story and all that with the like small little things here and there. Yeah like that's it that stuff with tag is just on the back burner for now right like i was expecting to hear maybe a little bit more about that yeah i guess so but i guess it doesn't tie into more x kryptonite stuff until later because they were also dropping throughout this episode sprinkles of uh, what i honestly forget her name but um what's what's the right hand of mr uh oh yes um, um mr morgan edge his little right hand is is it leslie lar yeah, yeah. yeah so like she's in meetings recruiting new people to be uh like to be i I don't don't know injected with x kryptonite whatever to make more soldiers and um in a kind of uh what's her name again um ah lana lang right she's also like on his uh she's on her tail like looking getting at the water cooler or whatever getting papers from the printer and like keeping an eye on what she's doing so they're sprinkling all that c and d plot or whatever like building more towards the coming uh, mid-season or whatever is going on so there's a lot going on in the episode and um of course like uh is it Kyle Cushing, the dad? Yeah, Kyle Cushing is like, you know, all about his ego is like, oh, you know, I, I want the promotion. Give me the promotion. Notice me, Morgan Edge, please. <laughs> please, daddy. Um, so so that's, that's what's going on. There's a, lot, there's a lot cooking in the stew. And um, things start to get a little spicy when uh, the um, Jen, Henry Irons, right? John Henry Irons is being transported back to his cell after like, they don't really get what they want out of interrogation. And one of the soldiers uh, who's escorting him who, who gets stopped by another soldier who's trying to interrogate him. That big, tall dude's all about interrogation and torture. Um, he turns out to be one of uh, Kush's, I mean, one of Morgan Edge's, like, soldiers, right? With X-Kryptonite and just, like, throws him against the wall. And he's like, nah, I got, you know, I'm going to take you somewhere else. I think he's going to kill him? Or is he going to recruit him or kill him? Uh, recruit, recruit him, I think. I think he's going to recruit him, yeah. and um, I thought it was funny
1: how, how um, they played that, like, the, big, the bigger soldier was supposed to
0: be the dude to beat him up, but then they, they switch. <laughs> So switch it up on you yeah you really thought <laughs> yeah it was, that was a cool little turn of uh pace but then they uh he's like now nah, we got to make a, a little pit stop and they end up going to the seven seven three four room the upside down hell room and that's where all these experimental kryptonite weapons are in synthetic kryptonite as well and uh even sam is like you know i didn't want you to find out about this but uh you know don't go in there you're gonna die and superman goes anyway i'm like this guy wants to die and uh he goes to stop the soldier and he even, like, uh, I think Lex just, or calling him Lex, but uh, Irons is, like, uh, he, he kind of gets, a, like, he gets freed, and, like, he's told to run by uh, Superman. And after, like, they, you know, he gets debuffed by some synthetic kryptonite gas, and they fight it out, um, he actually finally gets the best of that soldier, and then Irons is about to kill him with a kryptonite spear, which was, like, his weapon of choice, he made a note. And then I was like, Yep, where's Lois? That, there's Lois. And then she comes in and she's like, Stop. And he's really about to kill him. He's really about to do what he thinks is right. And then, um and then she like ends up defusing him. And uh Lois convinces him that Superman is like good and he's different from the one he knows on his earth. And Irons finally backs off and Superman's given time to recover. And so in talking with Lane, Clark realizes that these super powered enforcers under Edge's employ may not just be random people granted special abilities. They might actually be hosts. From reincarnated people from Krypton, from Krypton, and so he's building an army of uh, Kryptonians. Morgan Edge. I thought it was interesting how they're reincarnated. Like I guess that's some science that we're not supposed to understand yet. But I was like, are they just like hanging out in the ex Kryptonite gems, and then you like rub it on a human, and now they're possessed? I was like, what's all that about? Yeah, that's a little,
2: little uh,
0: specific. I guess I, it's vague. It's vague because you don't know how they're made. Like there was, I think, the one or two episodes ago. When they were showing the first of how they're made, they throw them on like a funny MRI looking machine, I guess with some X ex- kryptonite. And they're like, all right, he's going to come out stronger. But I, I don't know how all that works. I wonder how much uh, explanation we're going to get for that. Oh. Probably not much. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but this prospect of coming war leads to a change in the relationship between Superman and Irons. And after the fight, Irons is freed. He's reunited with his RV. Superman recognizes that he may need help if a war is really coming. And while Irons isn't ready to fight by Superman's side, he understands that they might, he, he might be an ally. So after, as the episode comes to a close, Iron drives away to explore the world with a brighter outlook on life. Something I thought they brushed over. Because like, uh, Superman took the time to come down in, in costume and be like, okay, obviously it's implied that's where Lois lives. And then you know, here's the RV. and it's, Get in your RV. You're going to let me go? Yeah, I'm going to let you go. Gets in the RV and drives away. I was really expecting them to drop that little hint from earlier. Um, if you remember, Jonathan says his name in the rv when it's about to kill him he's like oh yeah jonathan kent Uh, um i guess if lois lane still goes by lois lane and not lois lane kent or whatever if there's no hyphenation he would have no way to put two and two together but i really thought that little supercomputer was going to write out that some kid and his name was in the rv snooping around to irons but that didn't happen now that's not to say it couldn't happen at a later date but uh, am i am i too much theory crafting or you think that could happen or like, do you think he's going to tie the bridge? How,
1: how much of a villain do you do you think he's going to remain?
0: I don't think he's going to be necessarily a villain so much as he's going to be an anti-hero.
1: Yeah, the way I saw the ending, he, he was more leaning towards hero than, like, anti almost.
0: I mean, he he definitely wants to do what's good for... Well, he wants to do what he thinks is right and perhaps good for the people of an Earth since his is gone. Um, but I think at the end of the day, his main objective, even if it dwindles in... Prominence is to keep Superman in check. he wants to be his you know kryptonite <laughs> for lack of a better uh, analogy, but you know um so I think yeah he's gonna he's definitely not a bad person. he's definitely gonna lean towards the side of hero, but he's gonna do it his way, that kind of thing yeah so then
1: so then I would wonder like would that even matter to him
0: maybe not, but if but valuable information is valuable information. Should he ever draw the connection that Lois is somehow like married or involved with Superman? That gives him all the more reason to, I don't want to say use as leverage, but he can use that information to his, to his will if he needs to get something or if he needs to talk to Superman. You know what I mean? You can always draw him out if you find Lois, that kind of thing. Even if it's not for nefarious reasons.
1: Yeah, well, maybe maybe Lois will. Because <clears throat> if they did give him the RV back, then wouldn't they have had to...
0: Like fix the door?
1: <laughs> prepare it or leave it as
0: is and then he would, he would then find out. That's a good point. I mean, Superman, Superman. I'm sure he could whip up a repair. I mean, he was repairing the truck in the beginning. That's true. Yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> like it was a little. Oh yeah, it's true. Like it was aluminum foil. Don't worry. Don't think about it too much. We're thinking about it too much. <laughs> anyway, overall, it was a really solid episode, and I'm glad we're chugging along. I I will say this. Um, in comparison to other C- CW superhero shows, this this has a really unique, uh, place because. While it's like I said earlier, connected, it's it very much stands on its own. It's not afraid to. It's not worried about tying into anything else. And Not that's a bad thing. But furthermore, this show is like it's got a, it's got a, it's got that season one focus. It's not worried about like villains of the week or, or you know they're trying to like shove crazy like morals down your throat. Like there's definitely like opinions and lessons and uh, political viewpoints in the show, and that's fine. Like I think everything's tastefully done, and it's not like I don't know uh, just what's the term like when people are like it's ham-fisted. You know, it's yeah. not like super in your face and like, this is how you should think. You know what I mean? Like, I think every- the writing's solid, the acting's solid, and I'm really excited to see well, what's in store for us, my man. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: d- I think definitely this season has flowed really well.
0: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And,
1: and especially, uh, I do enjoy that uh, it's handling like such heavy topics like, like this this episode um, as well as it is. And, and tying them in really well to the, over, the overall plot.
0: And I think that's how i that's how the medium of like the superhero genre should function like there's nothing wrong with these heightened abilities and stuff but at the end of the day it's just a, a really dramatic and magnified expression of the human experience and it's like you said the show is dealing with heavy topics and real world issues you know uh, dying small towns you know uh, drug problems drinking problems all that kind of stuff you know uh, you know people who have miscarriages like it's all really tastefully done and it's it's not something you expect from I don't know like I don't want to say daytime television because it's not really that, but, like, it's just, a, it's, it's just not the Flash. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not afraid to go there. So, yeah, I really appreciate it about this show. And, I, like I said, I'm really excited to see what's next. All right, let's get into uh, Loki episode three. So, um, episode three, Lamentus doesn't exactly pick up right where things left off in episode two. Uh, instead, we pick up in this little uh, fabricated flashback of Source between we'll call her Sylvie, as we learn later in the episode. And uh, Hunter C20. And while they're really physically in that little futuristic, what was it, Rocksmart, uh, that little Walmart knockoff, they're really there. But um, we're getting this gentle interrogation uh, as, on details as to who protects the timekeepers and where they can be found. And uh, as Sylvie's working on getting the information, sometimes uh, I forget her name, I guess Hunter C20, who has like a somewhat stronger mind, starts to kind of like snap out of it. And so she has to kind of like, Sylvie has to like skip time and bring her back and calm her down so she can coax that information out of her. I thought it was a really interesting way to look into how exactly she does what she does, her little, I guess, mind en- enchantment or whatever. So back in the present, uh, Loki's in tow uh, behind Sylvia. She's trying to basically raid and take down the TVA, right? Part of the way through it, they uh, get stopped by some guards, and Loki ends up like getting into a scuffle with her herself. And um, as they're fighting, they get teleported into, I guess, another planet, right? Is it Lamentis? Right, yeah. Lamentis exactly and it's like uh, one of the worst apocalyptic events like no one's surviving it like that's that's pretty much what it is and a little battery still a teleporter uh, die they need to find a way to recharge it before any of that can happen asteroids are falling on them they have to run they have to flee they end up going into some sort of I don't know like hut some excavation site hut some construction site hut and they bicker at each other some weird tension for a second there did you feel that there was some weird like they were gonna kiss they're not gonna kiss uh
1: well i i, I kind of saw it as her trying to change like uh. purely just trying to enchant
0: her. okay cool that makes way more sense like yeah using it to her advantage like pretending to be one way to get another thing that's that's very low key of her um so that makes sense and then that briefly like that immediately goes away and uh they're, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do and basically they come to the agreement the understanding that they need each other because Loki, like, does some sort of disappear magic and, like, hides it on his body. He's like, yeah, I, I liked how he kept, like, doing the hand gestures and
1: popping out and popping back in <laughs> like, the knives.
0: Like the daggers? Yeah. He just, like, kept happening. Dude, he's, he was,
1: he was, like, on ready and then he's like, relaxed and, like, going, going about the conversation. And...
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, um, uh, shortly after that, uh, let's see, they, they, they call that truce, like we said, and they decide, you know, they need to find a power source so they can get out of Dodge. Uh, this leads to an awkward encounter with that one woman left behind in an abandoned, an abandoned settlement. I got very, um, I got, what was it? Uh, I got like Mandalorian vibes, like on this like old thing. It felt a lot like that. And um, he, she uh Sylvia knocks and then basically gets blasted like, I don't know, 30 feet back. And then Loki finds like an old picture and he pretends to be her old dead husband. And like, she was like, he was never that nice to me and shoots him too. <laughs> yeah. And so, I like how they both, failed at their attempt yeah 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 like whatever was it to, to swindle that woman yeah 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 i thought but it was cool seeing the different little styles and then they both failed like you said yeah and but they still end up getting the information they need because i mean like the lady thinks oh well, what the hell we're all dead anyway mm-hmm. um so they end up uh finding out that they have to go get on a train that will take them to an arc or the ark whatever uh the last chance at evacuating lamentus one before it collides with a, a moon or a planet i forget what it was one or the other is lamentus the moon or the planet I think Lamentis is the And then the moon is coming, at, yeah, crashing into them. That's right. And so Loki comes up with a plan to get them on board the train. So as opposed to, like, going and murdering everybody, Loki's like, no, 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 we're going to do things my way. Uh, so he impersonates a guard, and with some help from Sylvie's possession trick, they squeeze their way on board into a comfy carriage for the rich. Um, once on board, they end up drifting in surprisingly personal conversations about their respective mothers. Uh, Loki, you know, he, he talks about their magical abilities and, like, how, uh, was her name Freya?
2: Uh, Fria,
0: Freya. How Freya, uh, his mom, teach basically taught him how to do magic and, uh, taught him everything he knew. And she reveals how she's, um, she's, like, self-made. Like, she taught herself, she taught herself everything. I don't know how much of that is true or how much she's hiding or lying to Loki.
1: Well, wasn't it revealed that she was always being hunted by the, um, timekeepers or something?
0: Something similar to that. Because she said she didn't know her mom.
1: Right, right. So she was...
0: She's always been hunted? Like... I, I guess. Um... She's super vague. She's very vague, and um, <coughs> so anyway, they you know they have their respective differences on the nature of love and all kinds of stuff, and it's a nice little look into their psyches, so to speak. And then um, she asks, you know, if she ha- if he has any significant others waiting for him, you know, princess or a prince. He says a bit of both, and uh, so yeah, they are like LGBTQ characters. But what's cool is like uh, in real life, Loki's also been like like in the in the lore, yeah. Well, not only in the comics, but in, like, actual mythology. He's actually, like, he's even been a horse and, like, had oh. sex with another horse and then there was a six-legged horse and then Odin rode that horse. Yeah. Loki gets around. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> Look it up. That's a real thing. Uh, wasn't he a, a frog at some point? Uh, yeah. Or and then a snake, too, when he bit Thor. But, I mean, I guess that's in the MCU. <laughs> yeah, Loki turns into everything, man. <laughs> Anyway, the two decide to get some rest, even though she says she's not gonna rest when he's on when she's on a train with him. Yeah. Um, so we puts her head down for a nap, and then Loki unleashes his inner Thor and like parties, getting drunk, slamming, yeah. slamming that down. Nice. Another I mean, one. <laughs> those
2: inherent like Asgardian
0: like tendencies, right? Yeah, I really like how that's like almost a family thing or at the Asgardian thing at the very least. Yeah. So that was that was a nice little callback. Man, yeah. Is there anything? freaking tom hiddleston can do he sings in all these languages He sang a beautiful he really is he sung this song he's making fireworks out of his hands that guy can do it all <laughs> um anyway the party gets interrupted one of the passengers quite rightly notices something off the intoxicated and guard uniformless loki because he totally like he gets out of his own disguise and i'm like why would you i, mean, I understand you're drunk i he was yeah he just he let down his guard and um, so, of course, guards arrive asking for his tickets and Lucky's like, uh... <laughs> and then ends up, like, busting out of the window and uh, Sylvie dies after him. But not before that fight. Didn't they get into a pretty awesome fight before that? Yeah. yeah, there was all kinds of amazing choreography. You know, glasses clashing, heads smashing into bars. It was beautiful. <laughs> and then um, the tumble ends up leaving the temp pad broken beyond repair, making the situation even worse. And uh, as we'll talk about later, this episode just goes from, like, or, like worse to worse to worse to worse to worse like and, they, and by the end of it they really, they really leave you thinking okay these people are going to die so I'm really interested to see how it picks up in episode 4 because obviously someone's going to intervene my, my bet is that it's Mobius or something what do you think?
2: Yeah. I, know,
0: I know we're getting ahead of ourselves but like there's no way there's three episodes left you know what I mean?
2: Oh you, you think they're
0: going No 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 I'm saying there's it's obvious I'm saying it's obvious that they're not going to die but like that's they, they, they spend the whole episode trying to push you towards that thought which I thought was interesting Oh,
2: okay. I, I didn't really see it this. I, really? It was just, like, I just, all the way through to, like, like, they didn't even survive, but I, I just didn't
1: see it.
0: No, of course. No, and, and, and that's what I assumed as well. No, what I'm trying to say is from a story, story point, and I understand they, they use this as a, as a, for the characters to make them think, okay, we might really die. And so, like, that would explain why it kind of opened up to each other a little bit and why Loki got so drunk and doesn't care. Because if he is going to die, he's going to have a hell of a fun time before he goes out, right? oh okay so i'm saying like okay maybe not the audience but the characters at the very least are led to believe they're going to actually die there you know what i mean Ah, uh,
2: okay That's, I, I just saw it as, as um, like having them work together and then being them, like, them being the same, essentially the same person the
0: same person but with different backgrounds i mean yeah it definitely does a lot to build their relationship towards each other i'm agreeing with everything you're saying <laughs> i am i just thought that was interesting that like we, we see all kinds of cool abilities i mean by the end like after they get out they... They end up finding the Ark in that town, and they're trying to get on it. They can't get on it. The guards won't let them on it, and things get worse. The moon starts crashing into it. We see the Ark get destroyed by the moon, and they're like, we got to dip. And so they're running through this cool, like, futuristic-looking city, all kinds of neon and whatnot, and uh, yeah, Tara falls on Loki, and he like, uses his like, he, what is that? Like, what? Since when, he could he, when did he have the Force? Like, I believe they, they did use that, that on smaller smaller things
2: um, the previous episodes. Like what? uh like didn't, didn't he uh pull like a book or something in the in the store to hit the one of the guards?
0: That's true he did do that that's true but i I'm saying pre the show loki when does he use the force <laughs> It's like is that a new power or am i tripping
2: uh well, I, I,
0: or does it go hand in hand Of course, of course
2: I want to say he, he has used something <laughs> to that effect
0: that's crazy
2: it's entirely sure.
0: I don't know, but anyway, I just thought that was cool. I just didn't know why it took so long to see those powers. That's all. Yeah. I mean, I guess it works if um, did he ever do it with a scepter, or did he ever like? Because if you think about it, he has he has like,
2: what is like made it
0: appear? No, okay, from like from nothing or or yeah, because he can hide things on him. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. I just, I'll see if uh they do more of that. I think it's cool. I just I didn't realize he had that ability. Um, but again, like we said earlier, uh the only glimmer of hope in this entire episode is that there's more episodes because from the character's point of view they're literally about to die right there like they've tried everything they've exhausted every resource they couldn't get that 10 pad charged um you know it broke after that uh you know they get kicked off the train and literally their last little hope just got crushed in front of them so they have to get divine intervention from like the tva there's really no other way they get saved i wonder how they find them amidst all the chaos because while, while they're doing all of that, the TVA and all of its agents, except maybe Mobius, who's probably looking for Loki, um, they're all busy stopping like all these branch timelines from redlining, like everyone on the force, basically. So it's going to be really interesting to see how all that fallout happens at the beginning of episode four. So, but yeah, any final thoughts?
2: Yeah, I'm interested in seeing um, how they, how they resolve
0: it. And of course, of course. Do you think that you still, are you still firmly, I mean, we haven't, Seen much to to think otherwise, but do you still believe that the TV is going to end up being the bad guy at the end of the day? I mean, because they hinted at it with the fact that people are, like in this episode, people are not uh, created by the timekeepers; they're actually people. Yeah, they're variants. Exactly.
2: Um, which I mean, makes sense. Maybe they're not entirely villains. Mm. Maybe maybe it's like just their certain point of view, sort of thing. Um but i i do think that they store are gonna like crash like, yeah they're not gonna uh, be functioning
0: after this. are you telling me that um brainwashing and slave labor is unethical big a is that what you're saying oh, that- okay so they might need some reform <laughs> <laughs> all right I, I guess i can get behind that <laughs> yeah yeah i'm really i'm interested to see how it picks up um at 2 a.m or tomorrow whenever i decide to watch it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Anyway, that's our podcast for today. Thanks for tuning in.